AFCON 2010. The trade show that you know where affiliates always attend for free makes its way to Denver June 21st through 23rd. Register today at AFFCON2010.com. AFCON 2010 is different from those other affiliate trade shows designed for the affiliate manager, where you can pay up to $1,500 just on a single registration. That's why AFCON 2010 offers you an alternative, a show that's free for affiliates, not to mention over 80% of our attendees are affiliates. AFCON 2010 brings you a wide range of sessions, essential for significant affiliate marketing achievement. Plus, we are proud to be working with Search Engine Strategies to present an additional day of all new search engine marketing sessions and tracks. Add unbeatable nighttime networking capped off by WebmasterRadio.fm's annual affiliate bash, and you have the complete affiliate trade show experience for free. Join the thousands in the affiliate marketing community that are making the switch to AFCON 2010, the trade show that's free for all affiliates. June 21st through 23rd in Denver. Register today at AFFCON2010.com. That's AFFCON2010.com. Feel you're getting the most out of your current affiliate marketing program? Find out as today's top advertisers and publishers unite on the all-new Affiliate Marketing Today. Join your hosts, Commission Junction's Advertiser Account Director, Kim Dozell, and Publisher Business Development Manager, Brian Caldwell. As they share valuable insights on promoting strategic relationships, discuss the state of the industry, and offer you a rare glimpse into the minds of today's top players. See how to get the most out of your affiliate marketing program now as we present the all-new Affiliate Marketing Today, the industry's only broadcast, offering unique perspectives of both advertisers and publishers. Now, here are your hosts, Kim Dozell. And Brian Caldwell. Hi, everybody. Uh, welcome to Affiliate Marketing Today. Thank you very much for joining us once again uh, to, with your, your co-host, Brian Caldwell. That's me and Kim Dalzell. Unfortunately, Kim is not going to be able to join us until a little bit later in the show. So I um, wanted to also introduce at this time Mark Stannard, who is a business development manager here at Commission Junction, much like myself. But Mark actually happens to focus on one of our larger clients, and that would be eBay. So Mark and I are going to be talking a little bit about the emerging business market space that we see for affiliate marketing. This is actually going to be a really interesting show today, I believe. But let me at least give Mark a chance to say hello. Hello, everybody. Thank you very much for the opportunity. And Brian, thank you also for having me on the show. I appreciate the time. No, not a problem at all. I think it actually uh, ties in quite well because the next segment we're going to be talking with Carolyn Malfo, who is a key stakeholder over at eBay, who you work with on a daily basis. She's going to be uh, providing us some insight into what types of things eBay is looking out for in the kind of Web 2.0 space and what kind of plans they have uh, for, for this particular space to help support advertisers and publishers alike, probably more publishers coming from eBay. But uh, then in the next segment after that, we're going to be talking with Jeff Eichel of My MyPickList. Uh, and finally, to close out today's show, we're going to be talking with Nathan Fish, who's a product uh, manager here at Commission Junction as well. Before we get into the show, though, a couple of housekeeping issues. wanted to let you know that not only can you listen to us live every Tuesday, as you are today, I hope, but that's Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. You can also listen to us as a downloaded podcast, uh, which you can learn more about at webmasterradio.fm or simply find the Affiliate Marketing Today show on iTunes and subscribe to us. Uh, and last, of course, you can listen to us on your cell phone. Of course, we want to hear all your comments 
good and bad, and please do send them into podcasts at cj.com, and that's P-O-D-C-I-S-T-S. Okay, now I've got all that out of the way. Uh, Mark, I mean, you and I were just chatting a little bit about uh, what we wanted to discuss today before the show, and there's a number of different directions we can go, but seeing as this is the Emerging Marcus show, uh, we thought it might be interesting to, for you and I to chat, since we're both focused on publishers, um, and what kind of things we're looking for out in the marketplace that might be interesting to bring into uh, a large network and uh, you know, to work with the advertisers that, uh, that are working within a large affiliate network. Um, so I'm, I'm going to toss this right at you, put you in the hot seat, and um, ask you what has been one of the most interesting recent finds that you've come across? This is actually some of the more recent finds really is not necessarily a particular company, in partic- a specific company, I should say, as mo- much to sort of like a just change in the way that publishers are starting to think about advertising, um, whether it's a particular advertiser or just business models, and that they are moving away from actually just accepting information or accepting um, advertising straight from the advertiser um, as a given and actually starting to interact more with the advertiser and basically pulling the information more from them using things such as RSS feeds, API, and really figuring out the more interesting ways of utilizing that information. So they're not, they're not so much on the receiving end anymore. They are sort of they're more proactive. They are actually partaking, I guess I should say, in creating the new marketing um, initiatives. Um, and I think that's just been really interesting to watch um, and to take part, with, take part in whenever we can. So some of the business models that might fit into that space, because I think you, you hit the nail right on the head. Um, that's really what Web 2.0 is all about, right? Uh, virtual um, collaboration across uh, not just two parties, maybe three parties, maybe ten different entities, all, all providing different types of data to provide a, a final publisher solution. And some of the, the models that I've come across in that space or that, you know, doing that type of thing would be like social e-commerce, mm-hmm. not just social networking, but layering a kind of a friends and family type of approach into um, more traditional e- e-commerce solution, layering social networking on, kind of um, word of mouth, telefriend type of approaches. Absolutely. Yeah, we're seeing the combination. I mean, all the different emerging markets. I mean, we're finding blogs are now including uh, both video as well as um, um, commerce and the social networking aspects and um, really using the um, social aspects to actually drive um, revenue for different advertisers because of a lot of the um, endorsements. So basically, as you mentioned, like friends and family actually um, will take the time to endorse a particular product, and that by itself is just wonderful PR and wonderful branding for different companies. And again, it's all social networking. It's all contributed content by the network and that on that publisher's website. It's been really fantastic to watch. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm having a lot of fun. It, it, it's fun, too, sitting up here in, in San Francisco. I know you're in, in, down in Santa Barbara, but... Um, the area around here is, is booming again, it, and the buzz on the street is really all about kind of Web 2.0 and how uh, different pieces of functionality and different data sources are all combining into these, these fantastic new mashups, which are providing um, really interesting opportunities for those forward-thinking publishers who've kind of gone beyond the, let's build a static website by hand based on information that I can find on my own. <laughs> uh, That's true. I mean, you have people, you have publishers who may have had one business model a couple years ago, but now they're seeing the opportunity to take two, three, four, you know, X number of business models and combining them in more interesting ways, ways that just weren't possible before. 
yep. but it's the new meshing and the new sort of uh, taking different puzzle pieces and uh, how do you rearrange things to put together a new picture. And it's just been fantastic. Yep, and, and you mentioned API, and I wanted to throw another um, kind of a big idea out there that I'm finding very interesting and in, in trying to follow along uh, as it progresses, because it's not quite mature yet, but um, a lot of folks are going to be familiar with the, the concept of, of widgets or gadgets or whatever you want to call it. Everybody has a different uh, name for the idea, but the concept is providing um, functionality into a, an easy-to-consume piece of inform- of, of um, code that is transportable. Uh, so one person develop it, develops the code, and, and many other people can use it. And the way it's distributed is through, uh, like, personalized Google pages and so on. Uh, the the concept of widget syndication uh, I'm, I'm finding very fascinating, and, and I think a lot of people are going to want to pay attention to this. Uh, and I know that at least one of our guests today, uh, Jeff Eichel, is going to be address, uh, addressing some of that uh, a little bit later in this in today's show. Um, okay. Well, let's see. I, I think we're almost ready to get into our, our first segment here with uh, Carolyn Malfo. I want to give her a chance to get ready, but before we do that, we do uh, need to keep our, our sponsors happy, which means that we need to give them time to air their messages. Uh, having said that, let us go out to break. We'll be right back in just a minute when we'll be able to talk with Caroline and more information from Mark Sandler as well. You're just minutes away from more Affiliate Marketing Today. Stay tuned. Now is the time. DoubleClick.com. Profiting in the digital advertising industry is just a click away with DoubleClick Digital Advertising Solutions. DoubleClick.com. Now, discover how top global agencies, brands, Fortune 500 companies, and U.S. and European sites collaborate seamlessly and successfully. DoubleClick.com. Now, you can profit from their digital marketing investments. With DoubleClick, empowering clients since 1996. Head over to DoubleClick.com. DoubleClick.com. And experience the difference. DoubleClick.com. ClickTracks, all new version 6. Prepare to segment your visitors and build custom reports on the fly with the most comprehensive and intuitive web analytics programs on the planet. Dan Noyes, president of Zephoria.com, writes, ClickTracks is like a religion to us. We rarely consult our clients on site or campaign changes without first seeing what ClickTracks reveals. Sign up for your free trial today. Your only risk, you may end up in our next commercial. ClickTracks.com, turning your future into a fortune. Want to make the search engine gods happy? When promoting your website, do you say no to tricks and spam? Say yes to editor-based software, making relevant link exchange ethical, fast, and easy with linksmanager.com. It's no secret. Linking with relevant sites is a dynamic way to enhance site traffic. So why use unethical methods causing search engines to downgrade your rankings when you can have the search engine gods bestow their light upon you with linksmanager.com. you choose the right affiliate program to partner with? Hey, all we're trying to do is make the most money in the least amount of time. The answer is simple. JoeBucks.com, the world's leading herbal affiliate program. JoeBucks.com is the direct manufacturer, so there's no middleman. This will allow you to make up to 50% the highest payouts on the net and also get paid twice a month. Sign up today and watch your income grow. JoeBucks.com <laughs> 
Now, back to Affiliate Marketing Today, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Welcome back to Affiliate Marketing Today. Again, this is Brian Caldwell, your co-host with Kim Dalzell, although Kim, unfortunately, is not joining us at this time. She'll be with us a little bit later in the show. We do have Mark Standard uh, with us from Commission Junction. He is also a business development manager. He happens to work specifically with uh, one of our larger clients, which is eBay, uh, which is perfect because we happen to have here in the studio with us today Carolyn Malfo. She is an associate manager of their affiliate program over at eBay and has been with them for about three years. So having said that, let me say hi to Caroline. Hi, guys. And uh, Mark, uh, maybe you could start this off by kind of introducing uh, Caroline and, and really what the relationship is between you and how you work together. Absolutely. So um, eBay has been working with Commission Junction uh, to help manage their affiliate program for the last four-plus years, I believe. Um, and Carolyn and I work together specifically when it comes to uh, recruiting new publishers um, uh, and developing their programs as well. Um, Carolyn and I try and do work very well shoulder-to-shoulder shoulder when it comes to identifying new prospects new ident- new and identifying new publishers as well as monitoring and watching out for these new emerging markets, the new what we're calling the Web 2.0 publishers and what those publishers can do uh, for our program. So. She's been fantastic to work with, and I think she has a lot of insight to share with us today. Well, yeah, I, I think you're right, Mark. I mean, it, we all chatted before the show about the subjects and kind of topics we wanted to come up with on, on the on this live show. And, uh, Carolyn, I was very impressed with what you had to say. So why don't we just jump in and, and start off with one of our initial questions, which is how does eBay define emerging markets, or, or more specifically the Web 2.0 space? Actually, do we, as you know, there are many definitions around of what Web 2.0 is. Uh, the most common criteria that we can hear or read everywhere is that it's all about user-generated content, that there's a strong focus on the community and, and the long tail, uh, as opposed to a centralized control of, of content. So you, obviously, if you think about that, uh, you can definitely say that eBay has been sort of a web tutor company from day one because eBay is basically made of user listings. Now, that being said, we absolutely felt a, a shift uh, in the industry trend around eBay uh, in the past 6 to 12 months. At eBay, we have uh, focused on giving the eBay community even more tools to shape what eBay is. So, for instance, now on eBay, uh, the community can only post listings but also create solid content. We have, for instance, we have user-generated reviews and guides on the site, and much more to come. We're definitely working on it. Also, possibly very relevant to this discussion, uh, in the past few months, we have definitely focused more on the user experience out of the eBay platform. And this is where it gets really relevant to uh, affiliate opportunities or publisher business. Um, we want to make eBay more easily available outside the eBay site. So for us, uh, Web 2.0 is all about opening and automating access to our data and our, our platform so that people can build on it and make the, especially the buyer experience even easier, even smoother uh, on eBay. So obviously from that, the uh, eBay affiliate program is a nice and easy way to uh, monetize buyer application or site if you're building something, there's definitely a way that you can uh, make some money with it. For, okay. 
And I was going to say, yeah, Mark can probably attest that uh, there's there's plenty of folks making just a bit of money with eBay right now as a publisher. Um, yeah, absolutely. Just one or two out there. <laughs> and I, I I think that you might even have some examples of some of these emerging companies that that you're working with today. Yeah, absolutely. So we we have, as you mentioned, a lot of uh, uh, partners that are both affiliates and developers. So people thinking about uh, making the buyer's life simpler. So a couple of names that uh, you would probably recognize uh, working with eBay, uh, Verizon. Uh, they've built a site that makes shopping experience really easy. Um, you can check that it's their super pages on the web. Um, another company called uh, Fatlands created a tailored shopping experience for, for tickets, both so now working on uh, fashion electronics. So we're really focusing on, on um, bringing the eBay experience to, to, the, to the user in a way that's really relevant to the buyer. We also have other partners working on mashups, so find the eBay items on the map, for instance, or working on making the existing tool even easier to use. For instance, use the RSS, even if you don't know what an RSS is. Well, we have, we have affiliates working on that. So we, we can't mention everything, but there are definitely a lot of ideas that we've seen emerging in the past six months. Um, new application, new website, and we think that's partly because absolutely there's uh, an interest from uh, from the internet users, and also partly partly has been also driven by our uh, compensation structure. We are paying not only a fee for the new users that the affiliates are driving to eBay, but also we're giving away a part of the revenue generated. So that really supports very well any kind of uh, New sticky buyer application that that you can think about. Actually, I think that point is is really interesting. I'd never really considered RevShare specifically in relation to Web 2.0, but in a way, RevShare is a perfect model for uh, the Web 2.0 space because it means that you're potentially paying people that are kind of downstream from the primary publisher, and and uh, as well as combining different new payout models. To, uh, to your traditional affiliate approach. Absolutely. And if you think about it, it works very well for um, developers or small companies or entrepreneurs that are really going to think through new applications, but it also works very well for the end user. So let's say I have a blog or I have a, created my website or my personal space and I have a hobby that I'm talking about. I want to put in eBay link or eBay content, whatever it is, with this payout structure, I'm going to be able to, to make a little bit of money through that, which wasn't, it wasn't that easy before, and it's really enabling even, even non-professional affiliates to actually make some money with eBay. Yeah, no, I, I think it's a, a very strong um, competitor, really, to the, the PPC or uh, CPC-type programs that are out there right now that are, that are more passive in nature in terms of how the, you earn money. I, there are a lot of different mashups, as you mentioned, that we, we can't really go into each one. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the map approach, personally, but uh, uh, are there some specific tools that, that uh, eBay's working on, or maybe you have them today, which um, kind of address the specific needs in the Web yeah, 2.0 space? Yeah. We're trying to work on, on, as I said, both end of the spectrum. We're trying to enable developer uh, being creative, and we're also trying to make... Uh, affiliate program really easy for, for non-professional affiliates or people who don't know about affiliate program. 
So on the one hand, for developer and entrepreneurs, our definitely our number one focus is to give more and more access to the eBay content and the eBay features via our eBay API. So they can already access categories, listing information, bid information, price information. They can already you know mix and and play with the, the listing and display that uh, uh, the way they want. Um, there is a lot more coming that I, I can't talk about right now, but uh, we have our eBay developer conference coming in, uh, uh, in June in Vegas, uh, and I really encourage everybody interested in hearing more about our API to go there. And you can go and check the uh, website, so www.ebaydevcon.com. And at the other end of the spectrum, as I said, we won't enable every Internet user to uh, be able to display some, some piece of eBay content that they have a personal interest in. So we're working on tools to make it easy to share listings, links, uh, just display creative. So it could be different ways you know, from a link to a creative to um, just an RSS feed, but we're really working on that. Um, again, for anybody interested, you can check more details on our uh, website. That's affiliates.ebay.com. And again, look, moving forward, I think a lot of new hot tools will be released. So um, definitely want to stay tuned. Okay. And I, I know that Mark has a question here, but one just occurred to me as well, so I'm going to jump ahead of him. Um, <laughs> I, I know that eBay is, is not simply one brand. Obviously, you know, eBay's out there in, in many countries around the world, but there's also other brands that are not eBay, uh, Half.com, and et cetera. Is there consideration at the highest level of creating kind of your own internal mashups, which could be layered in as a Web 2.0 solution, providing content from a number of different eBay um, properties out to publishers? Absolutely. And again, this is very funny you mentioned that because this is one of these areas where you absolutely see that um, developers and entrepreneurs are way ahead of eBay. So that's where you see the value of having you know, a lot of uh, flexible and innovative minds thinking about something rather than just a big company. Uh, right. we, have, we already have uh, a lot of partners, whether they are developers or developer and affiliates, uh, working on that. So mixing, uh, for instance, eBay and Shopping.com uh, listings using reviews somewhere for uh, items that are displayed somewhere else, and obviously thinking about what they could do with uh, Skype and PayPal. Caroline, you mentioned actually the uh, dev conference that's coming up in Las Vegas. Um, I was just wondering if there are any highlights of um, from sort of past conferences or sort of expectations that developers come to eBay with um, when they start discussing the API and some of the emerging technologies that uh, normally come from these types of conferences. Yeah, absolutely, and it's it's truly really an exchange. I think from the eBay perspective, we want to uh, give information about what's coming next. You know, the new tools, especially the new API calls. Mm -hmm. uh, and usually, what's happening is that we always try to link the new technical possibilities to a business need or business ideas. And very often, what we realize is that we are talking to a mix of people. Some of them have uh, very strong technical knowledge, uh, very enthusiastic about the new, the new features, new possibilities around the API, and other have great business ideas. So what we really want to do with this 
developer conference is you know bring everybody together in the room and of course get information from eBay but also bring on new ideas, uh, think through new business opportunities. So that's a great, definitely a great place to go uh, um, if you think that you may come up with a couple of good ideas to uh, drive business to eBay. So it's really then actually great ways for one, uh, publishers or developers to learn what eBay is already doing and sort of network with each other to um, you know, share ideas and new innovations uh, when it comes to API, but not to mention also to tell eBay what they're thinking is the next step and really yeah. what they need and from that's, eBay that's to really, like, you know, reach yeah, that next step. Thanks for mentioning that again. That's really important for us. Uh, we always try to stay in touch, as you know, stay in touch with our community, listen for feedback, and I guess from the API perspective, we hear a lot from our uh, existing partners from our affiliate, but this is a great opportunity to actually, you know, for a live exchange. I have a question for you. I was just thinking, have you ever been surprised by a publisher? Like they've brought you some brand new concept that just took you, you know, you'd never considered it before. Yeah, I guess I'm always surprised by the fact that, as, as I mentioned earlier, I'm always surprised by the fact that they are really ahead of us in terms of bringing on new ideas and, and developing it. Um, I know it seems you know, very common now, but the first time we saw a, uh, a map and item mashup, that was, uh, what, 12 or 9 months ago, so really early you know, before anybody was even thinking about it, or definitely before it made you know, the headlines uh, uh, in, the, in the press. And these guys were coming up with these ideas, and just looking at it, we're like, "Oh, that's that's fantastic! That's," you know, and you're not even thinking only about the business opportunity. But I was looking at that as a user, and I was like, "Oh my God, I need that!" <laughs> yeah, I was I was very uh, interested to see all the different mash, map mashups that came out over the last 12 months or so, and uh, I, I can absolutely see the application for for eBay. Always wondered where all my stuff is coming from when I when I go in and bid on things. <laughs> it's kind of fun. Um, okay, well, uh, this is really kind of an open mic moment now for, for you, then, Caroline. Um, what other types of things should uh, our audience be be listening to uh, in terms of Web 2.0, emerging market uh, information that, that eBay is aware of? Are there some new models that you'd like to see publishers developing um, faster? Maybe there's a type of technology that uh, you'd like to see uh, getting picked up by more developers. Yeah, that's that's a great question. Uh, we are definitely seeing a lot of potential in everything that's related to communication. So, could be instant messaging, could be um, you know phone on over the internet, or even out of the uh, out of the web. Um, so, this is something we're uh, keeping a close eye on, and we're uh, looking forward to definitely to the next innovation. So if you're thinking about something, go ahead. <laughs> well, um, then maybe I'll turn this back to Mark. If there are publishers out in the audience that uh, have an idea of something they'd like to do f for eBay, um, I would imagine you'd be all ears, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> would love for them to uh, uh, reach out and let us know what their ideas are. And also, I mean, one thing I should mention is uh, during the introduction of Caroline at the beginning of this um, podcast, 
I mentioned that she and I work together when it comes to recruitment, but we also work together in developing new publishers through the program and helping them grow. So, I mean, if there are developers that are sort of scratching their head, they have this great idea, but they don't really know how to start, let us know and let us help, let us work with you to actually um, get that program up and running and see what your idea can do, what your idea can, idea can do with eBay and the their API and the vast resources that are available through eBay. So thank you very much for that, Mark, because it's a perfect opportunity for me to mention our show email address again. Um, not only do we like to get comments about the show, the content, um, maybe suggestions for future shows, but of course if you have any specific questions for our guests or ideas, uh, it's a great way to pass your information in. Please do send us email to podcasts at cj.com, and that's the plural, that's P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S. Uh, in this particular case, if you have any questions for Carolina or Mark or ideas as a publisher or model, please do get in touch as soon as possible. We'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. Okay, well, uh, Carolyn, it's been a real pleasure talking with you. Uh, I think there's some fantastic information that you were passing along for the audience, and uh, obviously all of us are going to be anxiously awaiting what's going to arrive in the next three months, and as I kind of hinted, I'm, I'm particularly interested to see what might become of, of any mashup that you do with Skype. But thank you again very much for, for joining us, and, and Mark as well. I know uh, you're going to be leaving us for this segment, and we'll be talking with uh, Kim Dalzell in a second. Uh, she's going to be coming in and, and uh, having a chat with us uh, and Jeff Eichel over at My Pick List. Before we do that, though, we do have one more commercial to, to get to, so please do stay tuned. We will be right back with Affiliate Marketing Today. You're just minutes away from more Affiliate Marketing Today. Stay tuned. Three a.m. traveling to a conference in Oklahoma City. Steve Talbot's Ford Escort radiator hose bursts near the town of Hooker. He types Hooker Escort Hookup into another local search engine's one-box search. He has a great time that he can't expense. TrueLocal.com. Two boxes. One click. Great results. You wouldn't just tell your web hosting company to just give you the next available random domain name, so don't do that with your phone number. A toll-free number that matches your company name or service can be invaluable and give you an instant nationwide brand name. Try the free vanity number search engine at tollfreenumbers.com. But don't wait, because 1-800-YOUR-NAME may never be available again. Tollfreenumbers.com. A rose by any other name would still be the same. Move over, Shakespeare. You need to differentiate yourself from your competition. Do it by aligning yourself with a company who has earned the trust of Jupiter Media, the NHL, and Lionsgate Films, among others. Moniker.com is the most secure ICANN accredited register on the planet, offering you domain registration, hosting, domain sales, and acquisition services. Wrap that up with 24-7 support. That's your winning combination. M-O-N-I-K-E-R. Com. More than a name. Now, back to Affiliate Marketing Today, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's your host. Welcome back to Affiliate Marketing Today with your host, Kim Delzell and Brian Caldwell. Uh, we just got done speaking with Caroline from eBay. We're talking about emerging markets. And now we're going to talk about a publisher perspective and we're going to speak with uh, Jeff Heigl from My Pick List. Uh, before we jump into that, we want to, of course, give you our email address, which is podcast at cj.com. So keep sending us email. Brian and I are reading them, and hopefully you are, those of you who have 
sent us email, uh, you feel pretty good about the responses. Brian and I have been either helping you, trying to help you get get the answers that you need. So keep them coming. Again, podcast, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S, at cj.com. So, Brian, do you want to go ahead and start off with Jeff? Absolutely. Yeah, uh, let's just introduce Jeff. Uh, Jeff, say hi to the audience. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> um, Jeff and I have been working together over the last couple of months. He's got a pretty interesting thing coming out. Uh, it's called MyPickList.com. Um, we're going to get into some details about how MyPickList is, is, is set up, why it's different, how it's um, going to approach the market, and why it's being lumped into the emerging markets area. And um, exciting, because he's not yet launched. Uh, it should be coming out any day, right, Jeff? Absolutely. Um, Probably later this week or uh, sometime early next week, we'll be um, going into our, our public beta mode. Fantastic. And you've been in private beta for, what, a couple months? Yeah, we, well, we've been testing uh, in private beta, I would say, for the last month or so. And, you know, um, coming out of development, just making sure it's, everything's working the way it's supposed to. But um, we okay. feel confident enough now that uh, we'll be able to, to move it to the public side um, again early next week, probably. Exciting! It's kind of like having a baby. Well, why don't we why don't we uh, hear a little bit about your background, just to, uh, so the audience gets to know who you are and kind of where you came from, and, and um, then we can move into how you decided to move, work on my pick list and all the details there. Sure. Well, uh, well, Brian, um, I've come from a different, actually, not from the uh, affiliate space. Uh, I've owned a company called IR Solutions for the past five years, um, and we own AnnualReports.com. Uh, which is the largest directory of publicly traded uh, companies' annual reports. And then we do all types of other online um, investor relations services for Fortune 2000 companies. So it's a totally different background uh, where I'm coming from. But, um, you know, I've had some concepts over the past few years that uh, I've been wanting to work on and just haven't had the time. And now I've actually brought in a new uh, COO into, into my IR Solutions company, which has given me the time to pursue my new company, which is called Sprout Commerce. MyPickList.com happens to be the first product that we're rolling out underneath the uh, Sprout Commerce umbrella. And, and Sprout Commerce was formed on the basis of being able to help um, retailers grow their e-commerce models, you know, hence the word Sprout, um, through various different um, channels. The first product, MyPickList.com, happens to be you know, a word-of-mouth viral type of a model, which uh, we feel is going to be uh, pretty exciting and successful. So you know, that's, that's a little background of where I'm coming from and you know, why I decided to start this new company. Sure, and I, and I think there's a couple things that you have in, in your back pocket um, that, are, that are helping you launch this new solution. I'm thinking specifically of kind of your network, um, the types of folks that you uh, know, uh, as well as just your, your very strong <laughs> desire as an entrepreneur to do something different and, and new. Uh, something I've admired about about you and enjoy working with you because of that. So, sure, uh, thank you. <laughs> it's a love fest, everybody. <laughs> so, uh, what what is my pick list? I mean, I, I call it social e-commerce. You just called it kind of word of mouth. Well, that's it. So, social commerce. We call it a social commerce network. Um, we believe that we're, we're implementing um, the first social commerce network, which basically takes principles of you know, social networks, you know, such as MySpace and Friendster and some of these other networks, and, and apply that type of uh, viral, viral type of a model to, to a commerce model. Um, social e-commerce, social shopping are other, other words that describe what, what it is. Um, but you know, 
that's basically you know the type of buzzwords that are being being described when you're talking about my peg list. Um, I can go over if you'd like. I can go over you know, a bit of the model of, of how every, how it works and you know what it, what exactly you know is behind my peg list. Yeah, I, I think yeah, it'd be really private. really interesting to to hear exactly how it it's going to make money. Sure. Well, basically, uh, um, again, my peg list is. Um, the convergence of uh, social networks with with a commerce model, and um, a pick list is is a selection of, of a user's favorite items broken out into different categories. So when we launch, um, we're launching with twelve categories: uh, music, books, movies, games and toys, electronics, uh, photo and imaging, computers, sports and outdoors, shoes, apparel, jewelry, accessories, and gifts. So th- those will be the key. Um, Categories that we'll be launching with. So, so Brian, for instance, you would come on to my pick list, register for an account, it's free to free to sign up for an account, and then you would um, you, you would start creating your pick list. Now, there's a, we have a couple ways that you that you can add items to your pick list. When you once you register for your account, um, you have an option to to add this toolbar, this uh, bookmarklet to your toolbar, uh, which basically you just add to your favorites and it goes into your toolbar. So basically, when you're surfing on uh, any of our merchant sites or any site, you can just automatically hit Add to My Pick List, and that will bring in the product to your pick list. So we tried to make that real easy as for, from a user standpoint of being able to create their pick list. And just to pause you there for a second, just to make sure everybody understands what a, a pick list is, it's really you know your, your list of favorite items, things that you enjoy uh, using or, or more specific. I guess it could be um, things that you want to promote, but the sure. idea is that you know you're a consumer of that product and, and acting as an advocate for it, right? Absolutely, it's more more of a recommendation. I mean, you're you're basically recommending uh, products that you, that you like in these different categories. So, for instance, let's say you chose the book category, so you'd be able to come on to our uh, your pick list page, add add, a, add an item, and for each category. We have a group of selected merchants, preferred merchants, we call them. Right now, we currently have over 100 of the top uh, e-commerce merchants committed to my pick list and that they are going to be participating. So for the book category, you would um, you would select which merchant um, you want to you know give your business to based upon the URL that you, you, you put in there to add to your, your pick list. Um, for any time anyone ends up buying something from your pick list, you'll end up earning a commission back of anywhere from one to eight percent. It just depends on the merchant um, that you're, you're you're adding you're adding this pick from. Um, the merchants pay us a different fee, and um, and then we pass on some of that revenue share back to the user of the, the creator of the pick list. So um, so you're giving an incentive for the the person that has created the pick list correct. to promote that because they're going to earn money back for promoting it. Correct. It's a, a commission or referral fee, whatever you want to call it, but it's. Um, Basically, you know, it's some sort of monetary incentive. For I think in Jersey they call it a kickback. <laughs> <laughs> well, it definitely, it's some some a kickback is a good word. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, we feel that the word of mouth um, channel is is really um, re- really going to be on the rise, and a lot more companies are are going to be wanting to to have some sort of a strategy for this channel. And my tech list can help them help them do that. Uh, actually, some some stats just on the word of word of mouth um, area. That two thirds of the U.S. economy is influenced by word of market, uh, word of mouth marketing, and this was actually according to a McKinsey report. Um, and also, forty uh, percent of all you know, word of mouth conversations include a reference to um, other media or, or brands. Um, so, I mean, 
word of mouth marketing is very powerful to um, for, for merchants. I mean, it's they can't pay for that type of advertising, especially when it's good word of mouth marketing, which uh, my pick list will be because you know you're not going to create a pick list and add products that you don't like to to your pick list because obviously you, you know you wouldn't you wouldn't get anyone to buy them. So it's definitely geared towards positive uh, positive word of mouth marketing. Now, um, I'm, from the advertiser perspective, um, I'm sure there's some branding issues that may ha- come up. How do you, you know, how do you foresee getting around any sort of branding issues? Um, when you say branding issues, so um, you know, if I, if I, as a consumer, somebody who's on my pick list, I, you know, I decide that I want to put something up for Circuit City, um, and then you're basically going to be paying me as the referral person. Um, for putting that brand, putting that up, do you think there'll be any issues with advertisers not liking the way that their brand is is being portrayed? I guess is what I'm asking. Sure. I, if if, if uh, someone is allowed to put a a uh, a review essentially on mm-hmm. online, are you saying that the advertiser might be concerned about what's in that review? Right. Right. Or like one saying, aspect. Even even if it's good good stuff, I mean, just may, maybe saying something that it, the product may or may not do. You know, I yeah, I mean, some it's of our we're, I mean, we really can't censor, um, you know, what what a reviewer writes about the product. Um, you know, most of the most of the brands that we're working with are all all large brands right now, and um, yeah, like I said, the majority of the time, they're definitely going to be positive reviews. It just wouldn't be worth someone's someone's time to create their pick list if they weren't going to write something positive about it. Um, right. You know, it, it seems to me that this probably falls into uh, th- that particular question falls un- under a number of different business models. For instance, if if I'm a blogger and I espouse a certain opinion about a particular brand, be it positive or negative, that's going to be out in the marketplace, right? right? I publish that. No one can control what I publish unless I'm, you know, doing something illegal. Right. Uh, and if I happen to be a blogger that is um, using one of the blog ad networks to display advertising associated with that particular post, there's, again, no control over brand. I think in, uh, from what, what I understand of how Jeff is operating, this is, in fact, a better model than allowing those loose affiliations to, to go forth. Because as you were saying, Jeff, you know, someone's not going to put negative stuff up on, on their pick list because they're not going to make any money from doing that. Exactly, and and like you were saying, Brian, you brought up a good point that you can't definitely can't control what a, I mean, some random blogger can write about. You know, brand X, that brand can't really control what's being said about them as long as they're not breaking any any laws, uh, trademark or you know, infringement type of laws. I mean, they can blog whatever they want. It's you know, freedom of speech. So, um, you know, our our model definitely is a little bit more controlled than just a random blogger writing that. I mean, you, you are going to get mostly positive reviews. Um, and we do have a link that you know people can report uh, inappropriate or um, you know type of type of postings or anything. Um, so you know we can monitor that those situations accordingly. So um, I think that was a really good point, though, Kim, because that's going to be a common question from a lot of advertisers. Um, I just want to just keep us focused on uh, the fact that this is an emerging market show and, and point out that um, the model that you've come up with, Jeff, is is something that's new. Combining, you know, the social networking aspects with kind of a commerce play with uh, essentially an individual blog creation tool, and also I think you're using some new coding techniques, right? Some of the AJAX stuff. Uh, there's some AJAX uh, sprinkled in there, you know, for some nice visual effects. Um, we have we have done 
done a lot of the uh, coding in, with AJAX and JavaScript. Um, and what are the benefits for those that are in the audience that don't really understand why AJAX yeah, is cool? Yeah, there's not really any, any benefits as far as just, you know, it can do, do some cool visual stuff, um, <laughs> drag and drop type of techniques, uh, for, for instance, some of our distribution methods, which I, I want to get into. Um, you know, it's, it's more just the end user sees, uh, sees better, better visual um, techniques. Just an evolution, an evolution of how um, sites are, are being built. Yeah, it's just a, it's it's a better JavaScript. And it sounds so, like it's a lot more user friendly um, for the consumer. I didn't I didn't get to finish Brian uh, explaining my pick list. Um, you know, once after you create the pick list, um, basically, you know, your whole goal of creating a pick list is being able to distribute it and you know, getting your friends, family, peers to to see your pick list. That's the whole goal. So um, we've we've come up with four different distribution methods to distribute your pick list. Um, the first one we have we have from the non-technical user all the way to the technical user. The first one being um, an email distribution like buddy list type of a feature, which basically allows a user to come on uh, to my pick list and uh, import or add um, their email contacts to. Uh, to your list here, uh, and we've, we've put in a uh, anti-spam um, uh, solution that basically, if, if I if I came on to my pick list and added your name as as a buddy of mine that I wanted you to be on my list, you would get an email that says, Brian, do you want to be on Jeff Eichel's buddy list? He added it to you. He added you to their buddy list. You know, do you do you agree? Is that cool? So then, if you click that link, you're then automatically added because otherwise we, were, we could get into a, a spamming issue. So this kind of prevents that with the with the opt-in email, um, and then you can also import. We actually have three scripts that allow you to automatically import your address book from Google, Yahoo, and Hotmail. So um, so that that's for the non-technical user that distribution method, which you know could be quite a bit of the population that ends up using our our application. Um, it's easy to use and it's all, all automated. Anytime you update your list, these people on your list, uh, on your buddy list, will also get an email notification saying that Jeff has updated his pick list. So that's that's option one. Uh, option distribution option number two is what we call our, our badge or, or widget model. Now, um, a widget or badge is basically a, a graphical icon that you're able to embed. Um, we have two two models: one to embed in your blog, and one to embed in your MySpace page. Um, and basically, just list the different categories that you have available on your pick list, and how many items you have for each category. So then, when you click on that icon or you know, to, of that category, you'll then um, it automatically takes you to your pick list page. So we we think that this this area, um, you know, both of those blogs and the MySpace page, will be tremendous uh, growth opportunities there. Um, not sure how familiar um, the listeners are with the with the blogging space, but I mean, there's 35 million blogs right now, and that's doubling every six months. And um, 20 million of these bloggers are still blogging after after three months, and quite a few of them have audiences of anywhere from you know 500 to 1,000 readers and, and way upwards. So this this is going to provide bloggers with a revenue opportunity. That they currently, you know, there are currently that, not that many opportunities besides the Google program and you know a few other different advertising um, options. The Google program tend, you know, a lot of times doesn't dis always display relevant, um, you know, relevant content or relevant right. ads. Mm -hmm. So this 
this you can kind of control, and you know, if you have a blog geared towards electronics and tech gadgets, I mean, you could create your pick list geared towards that and really, you know, promote different products that you like. So we sure. we, we, we think that that area is going to be a you know, major growth opportunity there for us. And I, obviously, uh, I'm a big believer in, in using bloggers um, to not using bloggers. I shouldn't say that because there's a lot of bloggers in the audience, but. Um, helping them monetize their traffic in, in new ways that's in a more, um, rather than being passive uh, consumers of advertising, be active consumers of advertising in a sense. And that's kind of what you're presenting them rather than the CPC model uh, with AdSense and so on. But um, yeah, I, I really see the, the value in that. Sure. Um, and then, then we can't leave out the, uh, the MySpace um, badge also or widget, um, which which we think, you know, is definitely a key demographic for us, the uh, absolutely uh, college, college market. Um, you know, obviously MySpace now has over 75 million um, accounts. Uh, you know, even if a fraction of those people end up signing up for a pick list, you know, being able to monetize your, your MySpace page by adding in this, this widget um, to advertise your pick list really could, could drive um, tremendous amounts of, uh, of traffic to, to your pick list. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of these my pick list users have hundreds and thousands of friends in their network, and um, sure, it's yeah. a very strong channel. You know, uh, Jeff, I, I we're running out of time here, and I want to have a, a a moment to let Kim have another uh, go at a question here if she's sure. got one. Um, so the one question that I had was, and I again, I I look at things from an advertiser perspective. Um, I think this is fabulous. I, I emerging markets are the way to go, I think, with a lot of our advertisers. One of the concerns that our advertisers come to us with are not only the branding, but how can we drive more revenue or more traffic, you know, whether it be leads or sales, through an emerging market channel like that. Is there a way to control or to, to get you know, more people to come to your site? or how, how is, I don't even know if there is a way for you to control that. You mean to like focus on a specific brand? Yeah. Or? So you know, a, a you know, a electronics retailer comes to you and says, "I really need you to help me drive some more traffic to my site, or some more get me get me some more sales." Is there a way for you to do that? Or is it well, I mean, the there will be opportunities for merchants to come directly to us to do um, other methods of, of marketing. I mean, one that comes off the top of my head, for instance, for the electronics category, let's say that. Um, Buy.com comes to us and says, "Hey, um, we'd like to we, we, this month. We, you know, we really like to push sales through your channel." And then we we have Buy.com, we have Best Buy, we have Circuit City, and so on in our electronics category. They may there may be something where they can say, you know, at this month we want to offer your my Picklist members an extra one percent commission rate or, or something like that um, to, to drive more more people to choose us as the preferred merchant for that specific product. I mean, there's opportunities there. There'll also be um, advertising opportunities, the branding opportunities um, on the site throughout the site where people are creating their pick list. Um, you know, and they, they choose the electronics category. Maybe it's something that we want to have um, uh, Buy.com or, or Best Buy branding. You know, right at the top of the page, um, so that way that brand pops into someone's head while they're they're adding their product. I mean, there's definitely going to be other other opportunities to, to get in front of our users um, from a, from an advertiser's perspective. Um, there'll also be a lot of analytical data that we're going to be gathering. I mean, for instance, let's say um, the Gap comes to us and says, "Hey, we want to we want to um, 
we want to do a, a promotion for anyone who's added a GAT product to, to your pick list. Obviously, we know they, you know, they like the GAT because they added it to your pick list. So, you know, please, please send out this advertising promotion to your 50,000 members who have a GAT product on their pick list. Uh, I mean, so we're going to be able to spot these trends and you know see where um, you know these different opportunities um, evolving, um, different sales trends, and all those types of analytical data. We're going to have that all in our our database and in our system. And you know, there's definitely going to be other opportunities besides just being part of my pick list, um, just the my pick list network. Um, and those are all things that you know could be discussed. Um, those are discussed those are us. fabulous. I. I I mean, I'm I'm ready. Like, I'm ready to call my advertisers now <laughs> and get them started. So uh, I appreciate the, the positive <laughs> feedback. I'm, I'm pretty excited as well. And, and having said that, you know, this uh, we're out of time for this segment. We need to feed some of our sponsors for the show, which means that we need to go to a short commercial break. But um, before we do that, I wanted to thank Jeff Eichel uh, from My Pick List for for joining us on the show today and describing really cool. New approach, uh, merging markets, social e-commerce, word-of-mouth marketing, and um, keep your eyes on, on what he's doing because there's some really interesting things. Coming up next, we're going to be talking with Nathan Fish, uh, and he's going to be exploring some of the uh, items that he sees in the merging markets that are uh, something that you might not have ever even thought of. So stick with us. We'll be right back. You're just minutes away from more Affiliate Marketing Today. Stay tuned. Over 4,000 clients around the world are utilizing effective content-based solutions from InfoSearch Media with the expertise of over 200 professional copywriters to work for you. Studies show that the number one factor visitors consider before making a purchase online is trust. And nothing creates more trust and loyalty than well-written, informative content. High-quality content also generates free search engine traffic. Content is definitely king. Visit InfoSearch media.com today once a tool used exclusively for communicating with the media pr web was the first company to develop a distribution strategy around direct to consumer communication by implementing web 2.0 technologies pr web has completed the online communication loop by directly engaging your audience with your news for example pr web is the first newswire to integrate press release trackback whether you want to dominate your market or just make a little noise pr web is here to help you thrive in the marketplace and the media. PR Web. Increase your organization's bottom line with unique, highly effective, permission-based email solutions from Exact Target. Now, discover why more than 4,000 organizations worldwide rely on Exact Target's on-demand software for strengthening customer relationships and controlling email throughout their enterprise. Get superior technology and support for bottom line business impact with Exact Target. Visit www.exacttarget.com today. Wow, looks like you caught another one. Yeah, thanks. That uh, makes 23 so far. You're kidding me. I haven't caught a thing yet. Really? Well, what kind of bait are you using? Same as you. Well, then maybe it's where you're fishing. What do you mean? Well, if you want to catch fish, don't throw your line out in the middle of a big lake. Take a smart look around for where the fish congregate, like over by this log. So I just have to look smart, huh? That's right. It's all about fishing where the fish are. Learn how you can fish where the fish are. Go to signup.looksmart.com. Signup.looksmart.com. 
Did you know about one out of five visitors are immediately bouncing off your site? Now, monetize this bouncing traffic with StopBounce.com. Log on to StopBounce.com today and discover how easy it is to generate revenue from this previously untapped source. All while enhancing user experience. Earn money for each visitor leaving your site now with StopBounce.com. Turn lost opportunities into found profits. Now, back to Affiliate Marketing Today, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Affiliate Marketing Today with your hosts, Kim Dalzell and Brian Caldwell. Today's show, the Emerging Markets show, has been really exciting so far, and uh, I have to say the this has probably been the most exciting show for me personally just because of my role at the Commission Junction Network, looking for new products and new ways of doing business for publishers. And a guy that I talk with a lot is going to be our next guest for this last segment of the show. His name is Nathan Fish, and as a senior product manager for Commission Junction for the last, I don't know, six-plus years, uh, he has been instrumental in in developing a a number of of new technologies for uh, this particular network, including things like data transfer techniques, product catalogs, um, tracking systems, but more importantly, he is currently focused on the web services rollout, uh, our new API, which is due to be released here shortly. And so I, with that, I wanted to introduce Nathan Fish. Hello, Nathan. Hello. Say hello to the entire audience of affiliate uh, marketing today. Um, what we wanted to talk about today, we've been kind of chatting before the show uh, started, is, uh, this is this is really the what's coming next portion of the show. We've been chatting with eBay and we chatted with, with Jeff over at my pick list. Um, but Nathan, this is, this is your opportunity to, to talk about some of the things that you're working on and, and not specific to CJ necessarily, but really looking at the entire market as a whole, kind of the web 2.0 space and how publishers and advertisers really can embrace the new technologies that are coming about and, and new concepts for mixing technologies to really enhance the current state of affiliate marketing. Mm-hmm. So with that, um, why don't we just start right off with kind of what is the role of a network in Web 2.0? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's interesting. You know, in the Web 2.0 space, there's a lot of fragmentation. A lot of, um, of those sites are really driven by user-generated content, unique interactions or experiences, um, and it's creating a, you know, a large uh, challenge for uh, the networks in understanding the space and how they can actually be relevant in that space. Um, Simply because of the speed of, of um, development? Definitely because of the speed of development. Um, there's a lot of opportunities, but at the same time, you know, the user experience is really driving the interaction. And, you know, in the past, it's really been like banners and all these things are really adverse to the user experience. And the networks have to figure out a way to enable the, the websites, the publishers, the people generating these applications to integrate advertising's role within the user experience in a meaningful way, you know, adding value to the user experience as compared to just, you know, plastering the site full of, uh, of advertisements. So, so it's really a, a new way of thinking for the, the, the networks to look at their business model. It's, it's to, to use an overused phrase, it's, a, it's an entire paradigm shift for this industry, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and things like syndication, um, 
and APIs are starting to, to provide some of those things, but there's a lot, a lot further to go because in a, you have to understand what the publisher's business model is. You have to start understanding what the user's goals are within the site, and then you have to kind of craft solutions for almost each, each individual web 2.0 type of site because it's going to be different almost every time. So the, so the way the technologies um, that you see out there are, are, are coming together really puts a lot more control and, and power into the hands of the consumer, but also, more importantly, from our perspective, the publisher. And I, I think you had said, or maybe you were quoting somebody, talking about how um, this new model really is going to force advertiser uh, advertisers or advertising companies to get out of the way of the user so that um, the, the model can, can flourish under the Web 2.0 banner. Yep. Yeah, I believe I believe very heavily in that. Um, you know, in the past, the networks have really um, kind of controlled the advertising space, um, what gets published on a publisher site to a large degree. And what we're going to see, expect, is that publishers are going to start driving how the data that they have access to, the links that are up on their site, the user interactions with those advertisements, and really um, working more directly with advertisers and the advertisers' kind of goals and, and uh, user experiences to create a more uh, mutualistic relationship between the publisher and the advertiser. Okay. Um, for, for a network, you know, that's kind of challenging, right, because they, they have to give up some control and look to the publishers and the advertisers to interact at a greater level. I, I would imagine it's it's kind of scary, especially if you're a public company that has uh, stockholders who have have invested in what you do currently, as opposed to what you might be doing in the future, which is sounds to me pretty pretty darn different than uh, the the state of affiliate marketing today and yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, what's great is that affiliate marketing is about the relationship between the publisher and the advertiser, and so it is uniquely situated to tap the kind of opportunities that are coming about with the Web 2.0. Um, the whole, all the emerging markets, um, it really creates a great number of opportunities. Okay, so you, you mentioned a couple things, and we were chatting er, earlier with other folks that talked at great length about APIs and kind of social network modeling and, and um, even some syndication models. But are there any other specific things that you want to call out that advertisers really need to be considering in terms of getting out of the way, quote-unquote? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, better ways of syndicating content or um, opportunities to the publishers, you know, unique uh, opportunities, consumer opportunities, coupons, promotions are, are obvious ones, uh, better access to product data, um, you know, customer feedback on products or the merchant. Uh, a lot of those types of things are going to really feed into the advertiser's ability to work with a lot of these emerging markets and to enable the publisher to actually you know, do what they do best and tap all the new advertising channels, tap all the new sites, create their own unique user experiences. Um, it'll really be uh, challenging on both sides. Okay, so, so just to draw a line under that um, so that the publishers and advertisers listening to this understand what it is we're saying, it, it's not simply taking what you do today as an advertiser, your, your different offers and so, so on, and making that data and information and, and links and so on available through new channels, but it's potentially coming up with new ways of, of serving new types of data that enable a publisher to 
uh, mash up and create new solutions from a publisher perspective, create new eyeballs and channels to drive those eyeballs to uh, the advertiser offers ultimately. Is that right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so can, can you talk about some specific examples maybe? Yeah, um, you know, I, I like to look at like something like Flickr, you know, the, the rather popular photo sharing application. Yeah, it has it. a great number of APIs available to developers, partners. There's actual companies that have tapped that and said, you know, we can actually provide the user with additional value. Things like Photoshop, Inglaze, Zazzle, they, they provide these additional tools to the user using Flickr's content or data. Right, so you can have like all your uh, images in Flickr put on a DVD and sent to family members, or you can have a calendar created, or um, a post-it stamp has a specific picture from Flickr. And those integrations are really tightly, you know, they, they add value to the user. They create a business opportunity for the company, and they enable Flickr to expand into new markets or uh, new channels without actually having to do the work themselves. So if we were looking at the um, the landscape that surrounds Flickr uh, in the form of a mind map, Flickr would be in the center, lots of spokes coming off, and all these enabling companies kind of plugging in their solutions on top of, of Flickr in order to take advantage of their member reach, their member base, and um, just to, to, to complement the, the core offering that Flickr provides itself, yep. right? Yeah. And, and so what, what would be some of the challenges from an, uh, an affiliate marketing standpoint to take advantage, not to put you on the spot here, uh, but to take advantage of not necessarily a Flickr-type opportunity, but opportunities that are similar to Flickr in that a core uh, competency is offered and other third parties can plug in? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I guess the, the challenge for us is the, the ability to take care of the tools that stand be- between the two entities that are creating this relationship. So we can do things like track and provide payment and uh, make sure that you know the relationship is working as it was intended to work from a right. contractual standpoint. So that the network um, remains that trusted third party. Yeah, and stands you know off to the side, but makes sure, you know kind of an oversight, mm-hmm. watching the relationship, making sure everything's working that you know how it was intended, but also being able to provide the additional value of payment and auditing and, and all those things that are important to make sure that both sides see the value of the relationship with each other and can appropriately optimize or do other, take actions that would improve the relationship over time. Okay. Um, so, for example, you know, uh, a publisher that's working with a lot of um, advertisers that do retail consumer content or something of that nature, you know, providing stuff like product data uh, via an API or uh, coupons and promotions. Those kind of things allow the publisher to create you know, unique user experiences very easily and tap the, the advertiser's you know, breadth of content or uh, consumer products in a, in a meaningful way. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, the networks are essentially playing traffic cop and accountant and, and, and uh, payroll uh, and a number of other things that are related directly to the facilitation of data transfer, um, both in and out of a network, and to and from a publisher and advertiser. Uh, that's a, I see that as a very strong component of um, the value that a network provides in a in a Web 2.0 world. Um, 
So, okay, getting getting down to some brass tacks then, you know, in terms of value to advertiser and publisher for the emerging market space in general, um, wh- what are some things that a publisher is going to be most interested in um, in the Web 2.0 space? If, you know, if you're a traditional publisher that's been building uh, sites by by hand you know, using HTML and so on, and, and maybe not ha- haven't even ventured into the land of database, um, what are some really cool th- things that you you might want a publisher to know about, um, say, a web services uh, mm-hmm. approach. Well, you know, web services definitely have a, um, you know, for that type of a publisher, the publisher that's more traditionally um, not maybe that tech savvy. Yeah, um, maybe we start off with a what is web services. Sure, we sure that would be that would be a good uh, a good way to start. Um, a web service is basically a uh, application programming interface, an API, right? Um, that allows a developer to access a service or a component of software. Um, To give an example, um, searching a product catalog based on a keyword, that's a pretty concrete service. You provide it information and it gives you back some kind of records or results. Um, So in the web service arena, it's like a Lego, right? So you put a bunch of Legos together, it creates something unique. Um, and that search service for a product catalog would be just a, a single Lego piece. So, so from a publisher perspective, what that allows them to do is to create um, a, a site that has a compelling maybe user interface or, or, or business value to the consumer in general, and they can simply you know, tap into a web services API to do keyword calls for displaying um, products in a results page or... Uh, something along that lines, right? Yeah, it's it's like plug-in functionality for a website. Right. So publishers can focus on what they do best, which is market, as opposed to developing, you know, really uh, robust technology solutions. Right. Mm-hmm. They they can use web services to build additional capabilities uh, that would make their product offering unique. But yeah, it doesn't it doesn't require them to stand up a, an entire technology team. Yeah. Yeah, to give you an example, before a web service was out, you'd have to download these huge data files, right? Right. If those aren't you can't just put those on your site. You then yeah. need to put them in a database or create a bunch of static pages. If you're putting them in a database, you still can't just search the database. Then you have to create all kinds of programming to actually index the information um so that it is searchable, and then you have to create all the programming to actually get the, you know, information from the user into the database and then the records from the database back into the user. So that's right. a lot of a lot of work going on there for something as simple as a keyword search for a bunch of products. Now with a web service, Commission Junction's done all that hard work. So it's just a matter of, you know, there's still a learning curve associated with web services, but the learning curve is actually pretty low in a lot of cases. So something like doing a search call to our servers and getting a bunch of search results, relatively easy to do for someone with a reasonable amount of uh, technology savvy. Okay, so going beyond just the, the idea of keyword querying and so on, I know a, a number of, of publishers and advertisers are, are always looking for ways to create new relationships in affiliate marketing. Um, do you think that uh, web services is going to help facilitate facilitate that that finding of each other? You know, oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, right now, the at least with Commission Junction, the uh, account manager provides a very specific set of data for evaluating a relationship, right? We have things like the EPC metrics, 
the network rank, um, and, and other kind of information. But for a publisher or an advertiser, there's a lot of third-party data sources that might be relevant, such as Alexa ranking, um, the Be- Better Business Bureau, um, things like that. And with a API, it's possible for the advertiser or the publisher to create their own views of that information. They can aggregate or mash up our information with information from these other third-party sources uh, and create a better evaluation system that's more specific to what their business model might be or what they care about. Interesting. Yeah, so they could create a a screening methodology or an opportunity tool, essentially. Mm -hmm. Say, yeah, I want to spend my time and resources going after this particular relationship because I've quantified through a variety of, of data sources that this is the right uh, the right matchup for me to, to make at this time. Absolutely. Okay. So uh, we, we were talking about APIs. Uh, is, is an API actually critical in this space, or is it required at all to, to participate in kind of the Web 2.0 or emerging market space? I think. Further? I think the APIs are really important, um, but there are other things that are also important. Um, you know, just understanding the business models and how to implement advertising into them is really important. Um, just exchange of data in, in a relatively efficient way, uh, especially you know things like performance data or other things. You know, they could definitely be exchanged via FTP or email or something of that nature. APIs are just a, a really efficient way to do it. And it's a two-way bridge, right? Oh, absolutely, right. So, so data is flowing both both ways, and potentially, um, you know, even though our particular network has a very robust reporting uh, solution, you might want to export data into a, a custom third-party solution, combine it, as you were saying before, with the opportunity tool concept, um, but off the back end so you can evaluate performance and, and tweak your, your intraday bids or, or, or whatever you might need to be doing for your particular publisher business model um, so you can get that two-way data flow going, which would be very useful. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where we see a lot of opportunity with our existing clients and their existing businesses is just getting that data out to them in an effective way so that they can improve their business, make it more efficient, you know, automate things. Okay, so uh, if, I, if I'm an advertiser uh, and or a publisher, what am I going to need to do to get my business in shape to actually take advantage of this, this uh, emerging markets trend? Um, building tools or what am I doing? Yeah, definitely advertisers should be looking to build tools. Um, you know, things like uh, an RSS feed of coupons or special deals, right? Um, a product catalog, uh, for instance, it's amazing how many advertisers don't provide product catalogs when they're selling, you know, numerous products. It's amazing um, how many advertisers provide a catalog but don't actually take full advantage of it. They don't <laughs> know what they're doing quite yet. Absolutely. That, you know, that's another thing is, is advertisers need to, you know, look at the data that they're providing and, and understand that the value that a publisher might bring to the, the consumer is going to be the ability to compare information across multiple advertisers. Uh, and so what kind of data points can the advertiser provide to make that easier? You know, things like the UPC for the product, which is pretty standard, um, the, the manufacturer or the model number, uh, things like that help the publisher generate better content and aggregate content from third-party sources. So let me just interject right now while um, advertisers and publishers might be considering this right now and kind of scratching their head and 
<laughs> with a question mark over their head. Uh, if you have any questions about how to improve your current state of business uh, along the lines of, of what Nathan's been talking about, APIs, et cetera, uh, definitely send us email to the show and pose your question. You know, if we need to, we'll get you in touch with the right uh, contacts. But uh, the, the email address is podcasts, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S, at cj.com. Please do send us email about that. Okay, so if advertisers and publishers are looking for solutions, we just talked about advertisers, what kind of things are publishers going to need to be considering? Are they also building tools, or they um, just simply need to be aware that stuff is available, or uh, are there resources that they need to be um, reading up on in order to figure out how to do these mashups? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, they definitely have to have some technology savviness and understand web services, and and because and, uh, I think that's where you're going to see a lot of the the tools come from. So, are there forums come- or blogs or uh, places that you might want to point our, our listeners to? Absolutely. Um, well, the IBM Developer Works website uh, has a huge amount of information uh, related to web services. It has great executive overviews, great detailed information for developers. It's a it's a wealth of knowledge. Say, say what it is again? The IBM Developer Works. Okay. So people, uh, I hope you, you, the audience is savvy enough to do a, a web search on that term and find Absolutely. it. <laughs> um, the, the other thing the publisher should be aware of is, is the value that the network uh, that they're working with can, can bring to them as far as uh, understanding the tools and the functionality and being able to work with them to understand their own business, right, and and how advertising might play a role in monetizing their site or their content. You know, the network can look at all the at all the publishers' different things and then really get into the details of, you know, opportunities. That, that, that's a really good point. You, you kind of just served, served up a talking point for me because in my role at this particular network, I'm always looking for new innovative business models that might be useful for um, or might be able to embrace affiliate marketing as a, a way to monetize the site. Because I know you and I have chatted before about a lot of Web 2.0 companies that are coming out of the gates with a really cool new idea, um, small or big, but they tend to lean on, you know, kind of plug-and-play maybe CPC solutions as a way to monetize. And, and monetization in general is, seems to me, anyway, as kind of an afterthought, or maybe it's something that's coming down the road. And, I would encourage a lot of those Web 2.0 companies to look at CPA uh, payout models as a, as a way to monetize the traffic. So. Yeah, absolutely. You know, a lot of the companies. I mean, if they if they tweak a little bit about what they're doing, um, the user experience and stuff, then it could create a significant CPA opportunity for them and for the user. And, um, and in a lot of cases, it can sit side by side or in relation to a CPC monetization model as well. Yeah, absolutely. Optimized for the highest yield. Absolutely, absolutely. A good example of that is like someone like Yub. dot com, yep. right? Where they that's clearly right. have a great combination of of user experience and value, but they've definitely thought about the monetization aspect of it. Right, and, and Yub. dot com. That's Y U B. dot com. Buy. dot com spelled backwards. Yes, Buy. dot com is the parent company there, and it's uh, a social e commerce. Uh, solution. It's kind of the first one out there, where you, you know you list a, a product that you like, you tell your friends about it, they come in and buy it from you, and there's a rev share model set up so that you actually earn money from your friends buying products on your recommendation, which is a really cool idea. Uh, and there's a couple others doing that as well, uh, like our friend Jeff Eichel, who we we were just speaking with in the last segment. 
So I think we're getting close to uh, the end of the show. I'd love to hear some of your predictions for, say, the next 6 to 12 months. What what do you see coming down the road? I know it's always fun. It's like Johnny Carson used to do. I predict. Uh, But this is your chance in the spotlight, Nathan. What do you say? Uh, All right. I'll I'll give it a shot. Um, I've been wrong a lot of times in the the past. Um, So some things that I I see probably happening is I see affiliates reaching out to more marketing channels. Um, Some of the emerging marketing opportunities like pay-per-call, understanding the social networks in some way, such as advertising on MySpace, which seems to have its challenges currently. You know, the affiliate's expertise, their penchant for experimentation, their understanding of the whole online marketing space, it gives them a great uh, wealth of information that they could use to tap these new marketing channels, uh, test them out, and potentially be very, very uh, effective using them. Um, I, I also see, you know, affiliates being more uh, creative in, in how they create content for users. Um, you know, a lot of our affiliates uh, in the past have done more uh, content-driven sites, you know, expert sites, I like to call them, about a certain product or a certain vertical. Um, but I see that expanding more into, you know, a lot of the Web 2.0 stuff where the publishers are starting to aggregate multiple data points and multiple services and create a, you know, a really robust user experience that drives a lot more value. Absolutely. I agree with you 100% on that one. I mean, we're talking about a really what I would call kind of widget syndication, where you get a widget of some sort of functionality and content from source A, source B, source C, mash it together with a unique UI or some sort of a unique uh, consumer value proposition, and suddenly you've got a, a very innovative new way to uh, to promote affiliate marketing schemes. Yeah. Um, uh, that's a, also very important model, I think, for uh, going back to the social networks for a second, uh, companies, uh, plenty of companies have found solutions to plug in as a widget or as some kind of a functional component to sites like MySpace, um, Facebook, and so on. And I think that's going to be a huge uh, new source of revenue for a lot of affiliates that are savvy enough to get it. Mm -hmm. So... Absolutely. And then, you know, I see a lot more uh, advertising tools coming out um, just from different networks, from advertisers themselves, you know, things like the APIs, content syndication, um, all those kind of things are going to really play a a big role in how the publishers uh, create those user experiences. So you'll see a lot more of that, kind of the foundational things that need to happen for those those affiliates to create uh, valuable user experiences. I agree. And we are in the foundational stages right now. But, uh, Nathan, we are out of time. So I wanted to thank you very much uh, for your thoughts and and comments on today's show. Uh, And everyone out there in the audience, uh, please do send us email. Again, that's podcast, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S, at cj.com. If you have anything that you want to tell Nathan or, again, any any of you out there need to reach out and learn more about the subjects we were talking about today, please do get in touch with us. With that, uh, please join us again next week, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. And I will bid you adieu. Brian Caldwell, Kim Dazel, signing out.